What is going on, my people? This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield. And, you know, one of the interesting things about recording or, you know, just having a podcast in general is you might have been listening for the last few months, but I haven't recorded for the last few months. So I'm recording this currently on April 14th, 2022. As you can see, your boy's a married man, which is crazy, very exciting stuff. So I'm going to cover a bunch of different stuff today. Basically, everything that's happened, I'm not going to be able to cover everything that's happened in detail since, man, the last time I recorded a solo, legit might have been January, might have been like 90 days. But I don't think I've recorded at all. Maybe I did one in March, but I definitely didn't do many, man. I haven't recorded since like early Feb. So it's great. It's great, man. It's great to be back with you uh, and rapping with you. Thank you for everybody who continues to listen to the podcast. I know we slowed down to one a week, which is always tough. You know, it hurts our momentum, but um, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back in the game. Happy to be married. Happy to be talking to you as a married man now. Uh, And it's crazy how much more time we feel like we have now that we're uh now that we're super duper married so that's a huge gift and a massive blessing um is to be able to have more time because i really didn't anticipate that i thought we'd actually kind of have less time in a certain sense but it's been uh it's been a gift yeah all the time that we feel like we've gotten back so dude yes we got married uh a couple big things happened so the main main three things i'm going to try to hit on today are um, just kind of a wedding and, and honeymoon overview real quick, just kind of, you know, a life, life catch up kind of update and then go into uh, a little bit of the Jordan Peterson event. And so I did, uh, Emily, myself and four of our friends went to see Jordan Peterson live. Uh, so that was really cool. And so I'm going to share some of my thoughts and notes from that. I wish I had taken more notes. I kind of wanted to talk to Em or somebody else who went and see if we could brainstorm a little bit more, but I'm just going to give you what I got uh, and what I remember now at this point, it was a month ago, but I'm basically a genius. So you're in good hands as always. And then we've got, uh, I'm going to talk about my events in Fort Wayne. So I gave my two, two, the two best talks I've ever given. I'm still trying to get the audio from the men's conference. And then I'm going to read the speech um, in, in the next week or two, maybe uh from my speech at marion university their young america's foundation my first political speech ever on uh blm and so that was really fun to write Uh, it was really fun to give it was really fun to uh research and do all that i had a blast doing that i wish i could do this stuff more often but uh alas i had to make the most of that time um and it was a blessing it was a gift for sure and then i'm just gonna talk a little bit about upcoming stuff for SC and we're kind of, you know, where we're kind of heading. We got some fun stuff coming up. So I'm pretty pumped for, for that as well. So let's, uh, let's talk wedding and honeymoon, dude. So I got married, which is pretty crazy. Um, lifelong dream, lifelong dream as it is for many of us. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, a big dream and goal of mine. And we were really lucky, you know, the day Wedding day couldn't have gone much better than it did. We had a little bit of stress leading up to it, um, like the week of. Very little, though. I mean, compared to what I expected, I don't know if I'm just kind of pessimistic or what. Compared to what I expected, it was a lot better. <laughs> you know, things went really, really well. So thank you all for your prayers and for for tagging along on our journey. You know, it's been a ride for Emily and I, and uh, we just had a blast. And it was, you know, like 60 degrees and sunny. 
Uh, basically, everybody was able to get in. We didn't have any like travel issues or anything like that. Had some last minute cancellations for different things, which was a bummer. But uh, yeah, guys, the day went super well. Uh, I highly recommend getting married. We've learned a ton uh, already, I feel like. And I want to bring Emily on to talk about that stuff a little bit more deeply. But honeymoon, my quick run through of honeymoon tips, go for 10 days, no matter what, go for 10 days. It was so dope and just the best vacation ever. We just had the absolute best time of our lives. Um, and you got to do 10 days, man. You know, I see people try to save money. You go for five days, seven days, dude. Like this was my mindset from jump was if we're going to ball on anything, let it be the honeymoon. Now, I know we've shared this on Instagram. I don't think I've ever shared it on the podcast. I don't know how many engaged people are listening. And you have to balance this, like I said before. I might have shared this on like one of the financial ones. But the biggest financial hack that we had was getting a great rewards credit card during engagement. Ideally, the man should get it before he proposes because I missed out on a good bit uh, with her ring. But we did end up getting it shortly thereafter. And man, when I tell you it covered just, just spending the stuff that we spent on the wedding and then we did like groceries and stuff that you had to buy. It's not like we were putting stuff on credit, you know what I mean? And paying the credit card off for months at a time. But we bought stuff that we had the cash for with the rewards card because you're spending so much. If you can get one that has like, I mean, the one we had, the Capital One Venture card, dude, was like, spend 20 grand your first six months, you get 100,000 100, miles extra, which I think is the equivalent of like uh, $1,000 or something like that, right? And then it's double miles on everything else that you spend. And so, I mean, we ended up getting like 80 to 85% of the honeymoon covered. And I'm talking flights and then the resort and everything. So if we had not upgraded so much because we had so much money in the honeymoon budget left over we ended up upgrading on dinners and we went to the spa twice and we did you know we balled at the spa and, and so like if we didn't do that it would have covered probably 90 percent. and so highly recommend that that's definitely a hack and then i also just encourage you to do stuff that's like you know go to the beach like just chill on the honeymoon i don't know some people would be wanting to get all adventurous and stuff like save that for later man Save that ish for later. So, yeah, wedding was dope. Honeymoon was dope. Wedding 10, honeymoon 10. Uh, very grateful for all of that. And like I said, I have Emily on. We'll kind of debrief, go a little bit deeper into that. If you care to hear about it, um, I'll share more about that. But, yeah, so that's kind of where that was at. Dude, so let me tell you about my boy, JP, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Michaela opened up for him. It was a Wednesday before the wedding. I told Emily, I'm like, look, it's wedding week. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be busy. I can't not go to this. You don't have to come. I can't not go. She's supportive. She's a great woman. That's why I married her, Emily Crankfield. Uh, but we went. And so if you've ever listened to Jordan Peterson, a recording or watched him on YouTube where he talks about uh, or where he kind of does his like one of these live lectures, then, you know, you might know his style. So this dude is such a genius. He literally doesn't pick his topic until the day of. So every talk is different and he doesn't come out with any notes or anything. So he usually will find kind of some like niche within one of the rules from his most recent book. So he's got uh, 12 rules for life and then he's uh, an antidote to chaos. Then he's got beyond order, 12 more rules for life. So 
this was the beyond order uh tour i don't know which book i like more i i lean towards saying i like beyond order more but it's always hard to say because i listened multiple times now to 12 rules for life and i actually read beyond order and so it's a different experience so i don't know you know if if i really like the second one better i think they're both really really good and um so that's that. So I, I highly encourage you to read if you haven't listened to them yet or read them yet. I do think they're also great audiobooks. So yeah, so check, check those out if you haven't read them yet. So this one went beyond order and he picked the rule. I can't remember what number it is, but the rule was imagine who you could be and aim single-mindedly at that. So that was the rule, right? And so he talked a lot about identity. He was like, identity is kind of going to be our theme for the night. And so one of the first things that I really took away and I really, really loved was him talking about, you know, aim single-mindedly at that. Imagine who you could be. So let's kind of, let's kind of break that rule down first um, because that's kind of how, how he approached it. When was the last time you really imagined who you could be? Right? Like I'm talking like really like sat down, ideally in a church or you know what i mean adoration or something like that but even if not maybe it was on the beach maybe you went for a walk maybe you were sitting on your deck or your balcony or whatever um maybe you were driving maybe you were flying and you really thought about who am i and who could i be right it is uh, a powerful experience and it's really moving to to invite some humility into that discussion with yourself that prayer time with God, that conversation with God, think about who you could be. Because so often when we're young, we overestimate who we could be, right? You think you're going to be Spider-Man or some silly stuff like that, which is great. You know, it's fun. I'm not hating on, on the children. But when you get old, you become a turd, typically a pessimistic turd to be specific. And you don't think about who you could be. And you really underestimate it. And, and this is the key part is you don't underestimate yourself because you suck. Right. And so like, I suck, like, this isn't, I understand as always, like, I'm not just talking to you. I just trying to streamline, you know, efficient conversation. I'm going to start talking like uh, Kevin from the office soon. Me, do you, why use more word when less word do trick, <laughs> whatever the hell he says. We just watched that episode recently. Kevin's hilarious. But if you think about it, you know, like we're bad not bad. That's not what I'm saying. We left our own devices without the grace of God, our uh, bumps. Let's put it that way. You're a bum without the grace of God. So when you underestimate who you could be, you're underestimating God, which is where the real sinful aspect of it is um, and the real problematic area of it. Because it's one thing to underestimate yourself, right? We live in this world of self-love and promoting yourself and, and all that kind of stuff. And the world and a lot of self-help people will tell you to imagine who you could be and, um, and fight for this. And Jordan Peterson, to an extent, does this, right? Because he's not driven by um, revelation or thinking about God's grace forming you or pursuing sainthood, right? So there's an aspect of that. It's definitely not complete. It's not perfect. But there's a goodness uh, coming from the Catholic angle and Catholic perspective to say, okay, not only when I underestimate who I could be, am I underestimating myself, but I, ultimately I'm underestimating God's ability to make something beautiful out of my life, right? The main things we do in this life of ours, in this journey with God towards sainthood and excellence, is we cooperate with God's grace and we persevere, right? So you have to have the openness and acceptance, surrender 
to God's will for your life, to God's grace, to working within you. And you have to persevere when you fail, when it gets difficult, when it gets hard. Those are really like our two responsibilities. It's like the fiat, right? The yes, and then the enduring yes, the continual perseverance. And so it's so easy to, to think that like I'm in control and like I'm like you get yourself into the mess, right? Like God doesn't get you into the mess. If you're, you know, in a financial mess, if you're out of shape, if your mental health's a wreck, if your relationships are trash, like you probably got yourself into that, right? Like God doesn't necessarily like will to like will for you to screw up things, right? He will allow suffering and bad things into your life. But if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, uh, life is just kind of a mess. It's, it's likely it's your fault. But now the hard part is you have to accept it. Like you have a responsibility and a role to play in fixing it. But you also have to realize that, like God's in control and God's ultimately going to lead you to where he wants you to be. So this is why it's so important to pray through this, because if you come, you don't want to be one of those stupid people who brainstorms all this stuff, your goals and your life plan, and then brings it to God. Right. That's like a, it's like a four-year-old, not even like a two-year-old, but let's say a four-year-old is a little bit more cognitively uh, capable of this. It like writes out their plan for their Saturday, right? Or even worse, like plans the whole month, plans the whole year and tells their parents like this weekend, we're going to go to Disney World. This weekend, we're going to go to Hershey Park. Uh, shout out Hershey. This week, we're going to go to Sesame Place, right? Like, like just, just planning it out. Dad's going to quit his job and just stay home with me and play all day um like that's it's laughable right it's a joke that's what you look like when you <laughs> you come to prayer and you already have the plan so you want to invite god into this right but truly sit back and imagine who you could be and imagine you know this is why we have the seven pillars my people this is why you listen to the seeking excellence podcast i love you guys for listening this much it's so fun when i get to talk to people who listen and meet people and yeah it's super dope right got to meet up with a, a seeking excellence listener in mexico those in Playa Carmen, shout out to, to William, if you're listening to this. We had a blast, got to go to Mass with my boy. Um, but yeah, you're listening to Seeking Excellence because you want to imagine who you could be in the seven pillars, right? That's why we're here. Um, so who could you be in those seven pillars? And the younger you are, the better it is. But even if you're older, it's still worthwhile, right? Write it out. Who do you want to become? One thing that he said that really stuck out to me was, lacking aim is one of the greatest causes of misery in people's lives. And I started to really think about that because I think that, you know, for the most part, I mean, I think that as far as like humans go, right. 28 year olds in America, I feel like I'm in the top two percentile of having a vision for my life. Right. Like it's pretty, maybe 5%, maybe a little cocky, but I don't think so because most people don't have anything. Um, so it's not really hard to be like above average in this. But when I thought about the people in my life, whether they be young, old, you know, all types of different backgrounds, very diverse group of people that I know, it's like the most miserable people are those who have no aim. It's like, what the hell are you doing, my dude? You know, like they got nothing. Like you're just out here just live. Like imagine this. Like imagine if you've ever been like, what's the most bored you've been? Like that's how people live their lives. And they just distract themselves from this boredom, right? Like that classic quote, from some Catholic OG, I can never remember who said this, but maybe it wasn't Catholic, maybe it was like Mark Twain. Most men lives, live lives of quiet desperation. You go out there, it's a very Matthew 9-ish, right? Like I love Matthew 9, where Jesus says, you know, uh, he looked out on the crowds and they were harassed and helpless. He saw that they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he turned to the disciples and said, 
The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray then to the Lord of the harvest that he will send down laborers into the harvest, right? That's like, like pray with that one day. I'm telling you, pray with Matthew 9, especially that like that passage specifically. I don't know the verses because I'm, you know, I'm not that smart. I'm just, I'm barely smart enough to get by. But um, pray with that sometime and then like go out, like go to a public place, like go to the airport uh, the other day. Oh my gosh. Emily, I went to opening day, right? For the Rockies here. Um, and we like, man, last time I ever take a lift downtown i'll tell you that especially on game day it was horrific we'd wait like an hour and a half for our car afterwards i was pretty upset not a great display of virtue on my part because i was pretty angry with the way it went down with lift but nevertheless sorry i'm getting very rabbit holy today because i've done this in a while but uh hopefully you somewhat enjoy it we watched so many people leave the stadium and watching these drunk people at like age 50 like not being able to walk down the street it's just like dog People are not well. Like, I mean, when you're in crowds like that, that's where you really get to see, like, people are harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Hearing stories, I got a guy in my Bible study I go to here in Denver. His name's Brian. He teaches middle school at, like, an inner city Catholic school here. And uh, his stories are just crazy. And this is at a Catholic school. You know, then you turn on the news and, like, you don't get to see all this stuff. But you, you think about the stuff that's going on in Russia and Ukraine, right? You think about... Um, the transgender craziness over kids and Disney right now with Florida and all this stuff like, dude, it's rocking out there. Right. So things are pretty nuts. Um, and it's easy uh, to see that many people are lacking aim in their lives. And so that's, that's a difficult thing. And I, I saw, I heard uh, Dave Rubin actually made a really good point about this the other day when talking about Bill Maher. So he kind of pointed out, you know, um, because we all aim at something, right? And so like, if you don't have, if you have no aim and if you didn't have loving parents or you weren't formed, you don't have a well-formed conscience, right? You're not a well-formed adult. You're, I mean, you're lo- like, you're lost, right? Like you're lost and you will take whatever, whatever people will give you. This is why people fall into like, right? Like teenagers fall into gangs a lot and gang violence and um, they're very susceptible to things like trans, like gender theory and transgender ideology and things like that. Because a lot of times they don't have good formation. They're not loved. They're not told who they are as a beloved son or daughter of God or of their parents. So they're lost and they're looking for something like something to be a part of, right? They don't have that identity. And so they're very uh, at risk of falling into some of these um, movements, right? It's what makes revolution so possible. It's why they tear down the, um, the family unit, right? It's why they, they constantly attack the nuclear family. So you want to, so you can identify a lot of the world's issues, but what Dave Rubin talked about with Bill Mars is he kind of, it was uh, Bill Mars recently on Joe Rogan. And he was showing some clips from that. And, and Mar was talking about uh, the CDC, some, some stat, I don't remember what he was talking about, but he was like, if the CDC said it, I would believe it. And then he was like, or if the, you know, the makers of the, the Jamba juice, if you will, you know, the shot, the shots. If they said it, I'd believe it or some, some stat. I can't remember what it was, but even Mars started to be like, but they could always be lying. Right. And Dave made this really good point, which Dave's in his own journey of spirituality and finding the truth. And we pray for him and his conversion. But he pointed out that like a lot of liberals and progressives, especially not just liberals, but progressives 
your leftists, they don't have a relationship with God. They don't believe in God. And so they have to, you, like he, he pointed out, he's like, humans have this innate desire, right? And we know that it comes from God to, to have a God in their lives, right? Like you, you hear the, the cliche version of that is you have a God-sized hole in your heart, right? And it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, like, that's it. That's true. And so they, they have, you want something that you can just like blindly trust. What can I blindly follow for us as God and his church? But for them, it's the CDC. And this is why we have to have compassion for people, right? Who are uh, falling into all this stuff, all this crap out there um, that they just, you know, believe in. It's like, well, you, you, we all need something. And that's why we have to be better salespeople, better evangelists, better examples than the leftists, right? Than your BLM activists and your gender theory pushers and um, all these other things, right? So that's, that's our goal. And, but you can't be that. You can't be that good example. You can't be that good evangelist for excellence if you're not, if you're not aiming at excellence yourself. And the interesting thing about excellence is there's certain aspects that are objective, right? There's certain aspects that are relative. And even some of the objective parts are going to ebb and flow throughout your life, right? And so, like, I look at it for me. Not even just for me. Let me use this example, right? Spirituality. What's spiritual excellence look like? Well, let's think about it. We have this Hall of Fame club, right? We call them the Saints. And one thing that I've been really reflecting on the last few months, you know, in my work, I've worked for several Catholic organizations now, and uh, some are more Catholic than others. Uh, I've, I've had friends who've worked in different Catholic organizations. Some are more Catholic than others. But one thing I really reflected on of just trying to be a saint within my Catholic work, right? And the work that I do for the church, both in SE and um, my, my full-time job with Hallow, is I kind of came to this realization one day in prayer. I don't know of any canonized saint who only went to Mass once a week. Nearly every canonized saint that I do know of, excluding those who were martyrs or suffered under persecution where mass was uh, forbidden or persecuted, right? Or like shut down, whatever. I don't know of any canonized saint that didn't go to, I don't know that I can name any off the top of my head that didn't go to mass, that I know for a fact did not go to mass every single day. Right? And so, like, I know, other, obviously, like Mother Teresa, a lot of the religious ones would go to mass every day. But I even think of like a St. Thomas More, like, did my man really just go on Sundays? Speaking of St. Thomas More, I got to give a quick, I know I'm all over the place today. I'm really sorry. I promise I'm going to be a good podcaster again here soon. But I got to give a shout out to my boy, uh, Patrick O'Grady, uh, dear friend of mine, college friend, and uh, Seeking Excellence podcast listener. He sent me this really dope thing after finding out, you know, hearing about my love for St. Thomas More. It was kind of like a wedding gift that he sent uh, and I've been looking for a great portrait of him. Uh, so I want to give a shout out as well. Portraitsofsaints.com. Man, this is awesome. This gift absolutely made my life. Um, and I don't have like a code or anything with them, but I just think it's super cool. So get you some St. Thomas More up in your office. Because that dude will get you right. But I'm looking at him next to me and I'm just like, dude, what? You know, like I just thought about this. I'm like, we talk a lot about obviously, uh, you know, prayer and um, the importance of living a Catholic life. And it's so easy, as we've always talked about, and a lot of feedback I get from people who are dope that sometimes I'm surprised listen to this podcast. My friend Coleman, Coleman Myron, a lot of you Mounties will remember him. Uh, one of my favorite people I've ever met. 
he reached out to me, you know, and I, I guess I didn't really ask him if he minded me sharing this, but um, it, this isn't really super personal, but he just talked about, you know, how easy it is to, to fall into not even mediocrity, but complacency within yourself because so many people are so butt at life, right? Like people are just so whack at life that it's just so easy to be like, man, I'm so, you know, I'm doing much better. I'm trying a lot harder than other people in certain areas. It's so easy to fall into complacency. But when you think about the saints, right? This is why you have to have like just absolute unattainable people that you're seeking to strive after in every pillar. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's why I watch like, when I was really getting into my fitness stuff, like I was watching Matt Frazier and Arnold Schwarzenegger videos like every other day, alternating between the two. Um, uh, or what's the other bull's name? Um, Rich Froning. Oh man, I was pounding some Rich Froning videos for a long time. And it's like, I'm never going to be Rich Froning, but I, I, that's like, that's my physical, my, my hero, you know, or like I watch basketball videos. I don't watch like some like videos to get pumped up of, guys playing at the park. Like I want to watch NBA highlights, you know what I mean? And then go try to emulate it. And I never will be able to, but it makes me play harder. And so that's why we got to think about the saints. And so think about this spiritual excellence coming back to this. I don't know any saints. And when you think about it, there's, there's capital S saints, right? Your canonized saints who are the people that the church confirms are in heaven. And then you have your lowercase saints who are the, all the other people who are in heaven that we don't confirm or deny, or, or, you know, the church never, confirms anybody is in hell we only confirm people are in heaven but there's lots of people in, who are in heaven that like god and his providence is not revealed to us are in heaven excuse me so thinking about that there's never i don't know any canonized saints and it's like you don't have to like strive to be canonized right like that's not the goal to be prideful and be like oh, i want everybody to know me but you do want to be a great saint anything you do want to you want to reach the freaking hall of fame right and so we're, we're in the fight. If you're going to be in the Hall of Fame of anything, it's probably the church. You're, you're probably not that good at anything else. You're probably not that good at this, but um, it's the only thing we're going to do forever, right? That's the, that's the upside is you're going to have an a 80-year career as a Catholic. So you get a lot of time to make some stats, right, to make a splash. Um, but thinking about that, dude, you don't know any saints that didn't go to Mass. You don't know any saints that only went to Mass on Sundays. Why do you only go to Mass on Sundays? It doesn't make sense. If they went seven days a week, let's say you're not trying to be canonized, but you want to get to heaven, like at least hit one daily. Come on, bro. At least give me one. You got to at least do one. I don't know many saints that, that didn't do acts of service. What are you doing? You know, where are we volunteering? Where, I don't know any saints that weren't incredibly generous, right? A lot of them live lives of poverty. If we're not going to live lives of poverty. We have to have a detachment to material things. How are you challenging yourself in that? These are the things I want you to think about as you're imagining who you could be. Don't imagine who you could be compared to scrubs, right? And don't compare yourself to people who are in your life. Don't compare yourself to celebrities. Compare yourself to, to, to certain attributes and qualities of specific people that you choose with intentionality. So what I mean by that is I'm going to compare myself in the realm of holiness and the spiritual excellence to the saints. And that's who I'm going to strive to emulate. I want to strive to emulate St. Thomas more, St. Joseph, right? When it comes to the physical fitness side, I'm not going to try to be Matt Frazier. I love him to death as an athlete. Dude's been, I don't know, he might be married at this point, but he was with this girl for like years and years and years. I'm, he's not necessarily a role model in every aspect, right? And they weren't married is what I was getting at. Um, like he's not going to be a role model in everything. 
I don't know his stance on a lot of uh, different topics in the world, right? He strikes me as a little bit more conservative or at least like classically liberal. Um, he's been on some podcasts and things I know that associate more on that side, but I have no idea. Um, but I think he's great. Rich Froning is much more of a role model in all kind of areas, all capacities of life. But you have to pick these kind of people and start to emulate and, and choose. How can I choose certain qualities and kind of make yourself this Frankenstein, right? Of all these great qualities of different people who you may or may not know, but you want to avoid, you know, comparing yourself to your friend or your brother, or your dad, whatever, in unhealthy ways, pick their strongest qualities and try to compare yourself to those. What we like to do is either pick ourselves, compare ourselves to, to qualities and put ourselves down, which is not helpful. So don't do that. Don't waste your time having stupid thoughts. That's a stupid thought to think, oh, this person's really good at that. I could never be like that. No, maybe you couldn't. Who cares? How can you get closer to it? That should be the question. So immediately cancel, delete, X out of those stupid thoughts when they come up and they're comparative and they're negative. The other thing we do is we pick somebody who's in our, in our lives, in our circle. We pick their, their trash qualities, right? Their, their qualities that we hate. And we're like, at least I'm not that. Don't do that either. That's also stupid. It's not helpful. It's not a growth-oriented thought. It's a judgmental thought um, that just really bears no fruit in anybody's life. Unless you're going to help that person try to overcome that vice, why, why, even, why even do it? Why even bring it up, right? Let it go. Focus on the good qualities that you want to aim for. What's your aim? Who do you want to be? Imagine who you could be and aim single-mindedly at that. Now, with this, this is a good part. This is something else that Jordan Peterson said that night. There's kind of two main things that he made me think of. The first was what I already shared with you. Lacking aim causes misery. The second is stating what you want out of life, right? He, yeah, he, he went deep into this in a couple ways. First person you have to state who you want to is yourself and with God, right? Being open with that. He, he gave a, a few reasons why people don't share or, or state and even to themselves what they want. And one of the reasons is that it has, it forces you to come face to face with the fact and the reality that you might not have what you want. Right? So if you, if you have, if you state what you want, then you have to face that you might not have what you want currently. And, you, and that's uncomfortable because then that leaves you in this place where it's like, are you going to do something about it? And maybe you're afraid to do something about it. Maybe you know there's obstacles, right? They're standing in between you and that, that goal or that thing that you desire. Maybe you know other people will laugh at you or, or call you stupid or think you're crazy, or you know it would take a really long time, or you know you're really bad at whatever it might be, right? Like when I first started a podcast, goodness, um, I didn't really know what I was doing. And so you're trying to figure it out, how to be good at whatever it is. But it forces you to see that you might not have what you want. And so obviously... Your desires, there's a great book uh, John Eldridge wrote. He's the author of um, Wild at Heart and Fathered by God, which I highly recommend to both men and women, um, women specifically when you have a son, um, if you have a son, but also when you're getting married, because I think it'll help you understand your husband more. But I recommend it to men all the time. But he also wrote this book called Desire, and he really talks about how God uses our desires to speak to us, right? Like, you have negative desires, obviously, like you have desires of the flesh, there's worldly things, um, Satan will get in your mind, you know, like the evil spirits will get, in, get into you and tempt you with evil. But a lot of your desires are good. 
and God uses them and has implanted them in your heart to kind of guide you along this path and lead you to where he's ultimately guiding you to be and who he's guiding you to become. So listen to some of those, right? Like I remember one of the biggest struggles I had with this was when I first started speaking at the Mount. And I had everybody, man, from focus missionaries to seminarians to our chaplain sometimes like kind of discouraging me from giving the talks. And I was praying a lot back then, right? I mean, hopefully it depends on who you like subjective, right? A lot is subjective, but I was getting a lot of time in front of uh, Jesus in the blessed sacrament, both in adoration and just him in the tabernacle, right? In his presence in the church. And so I was doing a lot of prayer and I'm like, and I've been praying for you know a few years. Like I was, I was a junior at this point. So my prayer life was pretty strong. Um, and I was really praying about it, right? People would be like, when's your next talk? When's your next talk? And my Bible study was blowing up. Um, we went from, man, the year I led this Kairos retreat, I remember, I think it was in the fall, the same year, they had to cancel the men's one because they didn't have enough guys to go. And then we like blew it up and tried to like hype guys up to go my first year that I led that retreat. And we had a wait list. We ended up getting to some point where there was a waiting list. Um, and that's not my doing, right? That's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God's work. And, and he was working through me in certain ways and helping me to inspire other men to recruit that heavily. It was a team effort. Um, but there was good things happening right? And it was objectively, uh, like, it was, it was obvious, it was noticeable. And God, I feel like, wanted me to give these talks. And so we did the talks, you know, once or twice a month. It's what led to me eventually doing the Holy Happy Hours and meeting Emily and all that other stuff. And by all that other stuff, I mean marriage and, and our whole lives together, which is uh, a lot to encapsulate and all that other stuff. But I had a lot of people who were discouraging me and thought it was a pride thing, you know, like, oh, you're prideful, you think you can do this, or you think people want to listen to you? And it's like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I will first, firstly, I think God wants me to do it. Secondly, people keep asking me when we're going to have the talks. Thirdly, I'm having great conversations. People are going on retreats. People are going back to confession for after years. My, my people are coming to my Bible study, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think this is good. You know, like, I think we should keep doing it. A lot of people just thought I was crazy. I thought I was kind of prideful and whatever. So um, got a lot of discouragement from it, but I was like, I have this desire to do it. And I think that God wants me to do it. And you have to listen to that, right? I had the desire to podcast for a long time. And there were certain times in my life and I had people after college, who continue to discourage me from that. Say, you know, you should wait until you get more established. You should wait until this or that. I had somebody in my talk, uh, ever kindled the fire come up to me after, I think it was the greatest talk I've ever given in my life. And he was like, the only complaint I have is that you just don't have much life experience. It's like, what are you even talking about? You know, like I might have been practicing my faith longer than you have, even though you're 50. It's amazing all these guys who like have reversions when they're like 45 or 55 years old. And they think because they're 56, they know more about life than you. And it's like, you've been living a worldly life for 50 years. You, what do you know? What do you know? Nobody wants your advice. You're twice divorced and have been away from the church for 40 years, you know, since you left high school, since you left home. And I, I'm supposed to take a seat. So you come on drives me insane, but you have to listen to your desires and you have to be mindful, right? Cause sometimes you're going to have people who are, are prayerful as well. And, and sometimes you have good people discourage you. Sometimes you have good people encourage you. Sometimes you'll have bad people encourage you um, to do things you shouldn't do, right? Sometimes you have good people discourage you from things you should do. 
Sometimes you have bad people encourage you to do things you shouldn't do. Um, and sometimes you have good people encourage you to do things you shouldn't do. So you have to be discerning in your, in your own heart as well. But you have to weed your way through. Not every, every no or every rejection or every discouragement is a sign that you should stop. And not every bit of encouragement is a sign that you should go. And so you have to be prayerful. You have to get your heart in a good place. Um, you know, I love, uh, I always like to bring up Father Mike. Father Mike Schmitz has a great talk that he's given. I don't remember where I first heard this. I want to say it's one of his short Ascension videos. If I can find it, I'll link it. Um, where he talks about the three things you need to know, three things to do in order to discern God's will in your life. One is to be in a state of grace. Two is to uh, do, uh, do your daily duties. So like whatever you're, you know, do your job, do your chores, do your homework, whatever it might be for you, whatever your responsibilities are, like manage your responsibilities. And then the third one, damn, pray. Did I pray today? So he has like three questions. Am I doing my daily duties? Am I in a state of grace? And did I pray today? So prayer. Don't ask me how I almost forgot prayer. I've literally been talking about it for like five minutes. So you got to pray. You got to be in a state of grace and you got to do your daily duties, right? And so strive to do these things and you'll know, right? You'll feel the movement. You'll feel the, the time. I've, I've owned the podcast for, for weeks now uh, after getting married. And I just, I felt like today was the day. You know, like I wanted to get a few things right and I wanted to be in a good spot. I didn't want to rush back into it and I didn't want to take forever and like never do it again. Right. Because it's easy when you have no momentum to just leave it like that. It's really hard to go on this freaking roller coaster of momentum, gaining, losing, gaining, losing. You had to get back into writing this week as well. Um, and I'm traveling, I'm going to New Orleans next week and all this other stuff. So it's hard, but um, life is hard. So get over it. The other thing about stating what you want to other people. So this was some of the best relationship advice I feel like he gave throughout the night, right? And it was really helpful for us about to get married is you have to tell somebody else what you want. Like your spouse, your girlfriend, your friend, your boss. And he pointed out how rarely people will do this, right? And there's a number of reasons. Some people don't do it because you're afraid that once you make it known, right? It's almost like this, uh, hidden secret weapon you have. He, he, goes, he goes into this really, really well. So I'm going to try to do it justice. Women are very prone to doing this um, a little bit more than men. But sometimes he talks about how women sometimes will even marry an idiot, right? Like marry some dude who sucks in order to play, or maybe not even marry, but maybe date, right? Sometimes you date or keep uh, women. I've seen a lot of women do this, keep negative friends in their lives so that you can continue to play the victim, right? So he talks about women who stay in relationships with bad men and he, he, you know, he's a clinical psychologist. So he's got a lot of experience in counseling with people, stay in relationships with bad men because then they can continue to play the victim to their friends, to themselves. You have a, you have a lifelong excuse of why you don't get stuff done that you should get done. Why you don't go to church, why you don't do this, why you're not in the, the job that you want. It's because you have this idiot you have to take care of that's dragging you down constantly. So he talks very, very deeply about how we make these, sometimes we, we hold on, we'll, we'll keep an obstacle in the way, right? Like something that's movable. We'll keep it in the way so that we have an excuse as to why we're not where we should be. And so that's one of the reasons why we don't express to other people what we want. It can also be why we don't express to ourselves, but we definitely don't express it to others 
So take my wife, for example, uh, and this is a made up example, but let's say that I want her um, to make something more frequently for dinner, you know, uh, or I want her to um, take the dog out more often. Uh, I want her to um, compliment me more right? Like I'm a words of affirmation guy. And this, this is all hypothetical, right? I'm a, I'm a quality service guy or, or not quality service. That's not a thing. Um, acts of service or words of affirmation or quality time. I'm a quality time guy for the most part. And so like, I, I love a driver nuts. Like it's nine o'clock at night and we usually have screens off at nine. If we didn't get to yet, I love just sitting on the couch watching the office, right? I love when she watches a sporting event with me. I love when she watches golf with me. Uh, especially when she starts getting into golf or football or whatever we're watching. That's my jam, right? I like going on walks with her. I like going um, to, you know, mini golf together. I want to start playing golf together. Um, so I like doing stuff together, right? She's more physical touch um, and gifts a little bit. Uh, but let's say I want, you know, I want her to watch more TV with me or I want her to go out with me more or I want her to yeah, do things, whatever it is, whatever it is that you want. It's easy for me to just like harbor resentment, right? And hold it in and just think I'm the one that does everything for the dog. I take her out. I'm with her all day at home. I feed her all the time. And I could just like get resentful about it. And then I could, and then I could also, knowing she wants me to wash the dishes, right? If there's dishes in the sink, ideally before we, she gets home, but definitely before we go to bed at night, um, that she wants there to be a clean kitchen. I could, intentionally hold back from doing that for her hold back from holding her hand you know so she's she's physical touch or whatever you know what i mean um hold back from cuddling whatever it is to kind of get back at her for not doing the dog now in her mind she's like why the hell is he mad at me she has no idea now like i said women do this a lot and this isn't like a, a pc podcast so i'm not gonna act, sit here and act like that's not the case, right? Like men oftentimes are like, why the hell is she, she so mad at me? Um, I don't understand. And sometimes, you know, uh, you might not know why you're mad at somebody. You have to take time to stop and think about it. But you have to express what you want. The worst, you, you are not the victim if you know what you want, you want and you have not expressed it in the right medium. What do I mean by in the right medium? The right medium is not waiting until you're super pissed off and screaming about it. That's not the answer. I've had people do that as well, where they, they feel disrespected or they feel like they're not, things aren't fair in a relationship or at home or in the family, whatever. And they hold it in. And their only way of expressing their needs is like a, a toddler. You're basically a, a giant baby, like a 150 pound, 200 pound, 250 pound, however much you weigh baby. Um, and you're an adult. Uh, let me break this down. So you're an adult, so you don't want to be a baby. Does that make sense? So since, <laughs> since you're a grown-ass man or woman, you want you should be you should be that, right? As opposed to to crying, yelling, throwing temper tantrum. Hopefully, hopefully that clicked for you there. I don't need to uh, break that down any further. So since you're an adult, be an adult, don't be a child. Children scream they don't know what to do right so the baby just cries why do infants cry it's like they don't they have very very limited options when it comes to communicating right when it comes to expressing themselves it's like i can poop burp fart probably can't do any of that on command so really the only thing i've got on command as a baby is to cry so that's what they do they cry and scream and yell 
So you want to not do that, right? So think about that. So you have to express it in the right medium. That means if I need something or I want something, that means I, I give the person a heads up, right? We've talked about this. You've read, like, if we have the Crucial Conversations podcast. I'm just going to go over it really quickly. Give the person a heads up. Hey, could we talk about something tonight at dinner? It's not a big deal. Just something I've been thinking about. Even better, if it's a relationship, um, like a romantic relationship that's engagement or beyond, is we have our weekly meetings and we talk about this stuff. It's the perfect opportunity, right? So that means I don't have to be a jackass all week. I really try to not curse, but it just it feels so it feels so right. It just feels so right. Uh, it doesn't mean that like if on Tuesday I decide I want her to take the dog more often, I got to be a jackass about it for the rest of the week until Sunday when we have our board meeting. But it means that like I can either if it's if it's something I can't wait for, then at dinner or some other time I can be like, hey, um, could we just review some things when it comes to like responsibilities around the house to some things I've been thinking about and propose it like a, a, a moderate or a neutral thing, right? Like how, like ask them questions first, seek to understand first. Don't just unload your feelings, but like, how do you feel like the balance of, of chores and responsibilities is in the house? Something like that, right? Then you talk about it. You have the conversation, right? Everything's great might be difficult, might be frustrating. You might even fight about it, but it's worth having the fight then versus harboring resentment. So you have to say what you want to yourself with God, figuring out what you want with God, and then expressing it to the people who can help you. So the people who deserve to know, people who need to know and who deserve to know. And your spouse, your friends, your family, your boss, your subordinates at work, your coworkers, they deserve to know what you want. If it's something that's going to have you resenting them or disliking them or worse, hating them, if they don't give it to you. So let people know what you want. Definitely let people know what you need. Start with that and then let people know what you want. So, um, so that was JP, man. He did a great job talking about identity. Imagine who you could be, aim single-mindedly at that. Within that, you know, what's your aim? What are you aiming at? Who could you become? Imagining who you could be. Uh, and then having that vulnerability to express the things that you want, who you want to become, how you, what you need to, in order to become that person. Letting God know those things, letting other people know, and, and letting yourself know. It's big. It'll change your life. All right. So that's kind of that's kind of the meat of today's podcast. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne was so hype. So I uh so Fort Wayne, I got to give two talks in Indiana. I went to Marion University, as I mentioned earlier, gave the talk on BLM to Yaf. Shout out to my boy Trent, shout out to Emily, um, and the whole crew there and their Yaf group. They were awesome. Students were great. Met some great people, had a great time. Uh, and then I went to uh, up to Fort Wayne, stayed with my boy, Father Jay Horning, uh, who, who went to the Mount. It was a seminary in there when I was a student and got to hang out with him for a day and then went to um, the men's conference where Kendall the Fire. Dude, this men's conference was no joke. A thousand guys, absolute fire. It was me, Tim Staples from uh, Catholic Answers and Jason Shanks who works for OSV. He like runs the OSV innovation challenge. Fortunately, I didn't get to really meet him or interact with him at all, um, but I'm getting connected with him here soon. 
the big, the real MVP. So my talk that week was really, really strong, I think. And I, I really hope to be able to share it as a podcast episode here soon. I need to follow up with them to try to get that audio. Uh, but Doug, so <laughs> that night, so this is the big thing though I want to tell you about was I, I got to hang out later that night with Tim Staples from, uh, from Catholic Answers. And he, Doug, he was blowing my mind. I have never, I literally don't think I've ever met uh, somebody who was so conservative, Catholic, and pro-Pope Francis. It was pretty nuts. And that's going to be a podcast for another time where I'll talk a little bit more about that. But he was sharing about Pope Francis. He was sharing a lot of things about his perspective on the trads. Um, he's not anti-trad, but he's definitely he's not a trad. He's a convert. Um, was in the seminary for, uh, I think he was Assembly of God raised like Pentecostal assembly of God. He's got a few different denominations in his background background. He was a Marine. So we were homies, right? I'm hoping I'm going to try to reach out to him and see if I can get him on the podcast. He recently had a stroke. So please continue. Not recently, uh, like six to eight months ago. It was his first live event in a long time. So pray for his recovery. Please uh, say pray for Tim today, prayer for Tim today. Um, and I'm going to try to get him on. Even if we can just talk for 30 minutes, man, I would love to get him ranting about that. I'd love to get him in a debate. He does a lot of debates of things. Love to get into a debate with a with one of my trads, uh, but it was really it was really just kind of like a unifying message. He was we we're just kind of like at somebody's house for like a reception that night, kind of. Um, and it was cool to get to hang out with them. Uh, but I learned a lot and uh, left much more pro Pope Francis than I I went into it. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll share some thought. If I can't get him on the podcast, I'll definitely do like a debrief kind of of thoughts. That'd be another fun conversation to kind of have with Emily. Um, another person I think would be fun to have that with is uh, Andy Swafford, who I'm trying to get on the podcast here soon as well. So that was kind of my next thing I wanted to cover a little bit was upcoming podcast guests. So we got some super fun podcast episodes coming up. Um, I'm going to do, do my BLM speech, like I said, here either next Monday or the Monday after that, probably. I've got a great conversation with my boy, Jarrell Sizen from... Uh, I don't know if I said his last name right, so I apologize, Jarrell. I don't think he listens, but um, either way, he's from The Living Person on Instagram, and so we've had a lot of debates over over the last couple of years together, and not debates, but good conversations, right? We disagree on some things for sure. He's very Jesuit trained, um, but he's a good man with a good heart, and I'm striving to have more people on who I disagree with um, and to show the areas that we do agree and to uh, kind of dissect a little more deeply the areas that we don't. Now, I've tried that with a couple of people that it didn't really work. If you listen to last week's episode, which has been a, it's been popping, man. You guys have loved this one with uh, my friend Kimberly Hebert. She, uh, she, was, she was super dope. We've had great response to that episode. It's gotten a lot of listens. Our, our longest episode ever at an hour and 42 minutes, which is pretty crazy. Um, but we talked about ethnic studies, gender studies, um, and her time at UC Berkeley. So that one was pretty dope, but check that out if you haven't yet. So that one was really cool. Um, and then uh, upcoming, we also have my boy, uh, David Patterson. So the guy from Yes Catholic on Instagram, uh, my friend Kelly Guest, who gave a really great interview with me. Uh, she's got an awesome book on Catholic moms and Catholic saints. And I just learned a lot about Catholic 
female Catholic saints that I had never heard of before. Really inspiring to listen more, learn more about their stories. I want to learn more about the saints. We all should. Then I've got, dude, I'm looking at May. We got some heaters coming up. I got my boy Kyle Walsh from Catholic Fit Fatherhood. We talked about manhood, the world of modern medicine, because he's a doctor, um, a medical doctor. Uh, he went to Michigan State, which I hate, but I still love Kyle. Uh, Giancarlo Bernini, <laughs> a Catholic magician. We had a really fun conversation. I don't even ever, I, I, I am a weirdo when it comes to magic. I'm definitely like most black people, like mind blown at magicians um i'm a little bit less animated than some of the ones you see like on youtube and stuff but dude we had a great time and just getting to talk about like faith and how to use your work uh for faith it was more of a professional pillar kind of talk and then my my homie rachel wong from uh the feminine genius podcast christian laswell uh who just does a lot of great work he works at liberty university and does a lot of political stuff great conversion story dude he's a his conversion story was nutty he had me rolling He's very, very similar to me. So we had a fun time and a great conversation. Similar to him, Mary-Kate Knorr is coming on here soon. We got Father Demon um, and then some mental health stuff coming up. And then uh, great, great podcast with Josie and her husband now, Jack Delac. They recorded one together on their story. And then other people I'm trying to get on, like I said, uh, Andy Swafford, I'm going to try to get Sarah Swafford on here soon. Uh, the one and only Emily Crankfield will be coming up here soon. We got Father Meyer, Father Chase coming up. Um, trying to schedule another one with my boy Louis Damani Jones. That one was a hit for sure. Uh, I need to I need to hit up Carrie Gress again because Carrie's like the only person other than Emily that is like top five. You guys really love my Carrie Gress episode. Um, yeah, and then we got you know some Hallow people we're gonna get on here and just try to get Tim Staples, like I said, and working on some some pretty dope guests. So if you have some suggestions on people who should have on the, the podcast or topics that you want us to cover, please uh, feel free to shoot me an email, Nathan at those who seek.org or hit me up on Instagram or wherever. Would love to hear your ideas or thoughts, suggested guests and things like that. Um, if you don't know, it's been a, a fun time for Hallow lately. So we just got a shout out on the Today Show from uh, Carson Daly and um, uh, Mark Wahlberg. This is Father Stu movies coming out. And so this movie is supposed to be really, really good. So I encourage you to go see that in theaters if you haven't yet. Um, just came out last week. So uh, check that out for sure. And uh, yeah, man, hop on the hallowed train. If you haven't yet, we've got a link you can use for an extended free trial um, and happy to help you out with that. Uh, but how has been super blessed. Please continue to pray for us and everything we're trying to do. Um, we're working hard to help more people pray. So thank you for listening as always. I really appreciate it. It was great to be back with you today. Um, and I know, yeah, we've continued the podcast. We're hoping now the plan is to go back to two a week might have a week here or there where we missed that, but the goal is to basically hit two a week from here to, to December. So, uh, uh, Advent. So we're going to try to take the Holy seasons. I think to drop down to one episode a week, but we'll be doing two a week from now until Advent. As far as I can tell, trying to continue to write, uh, I'm kind of shopping around to different publishers now, uh, to see about the seeking excellence book that we're trying to get finished this year, um, and get printed and get out to you guys. Cause I think that's going to be super helpful as well. So, Thank you guys for sharing. As always, if you feel it, uh, inclined, please share this episode with somebody who you think might be helpful, somebody who could be your accountability partner when it comes to um, when it comes to imagining who you could be and then aiming, aiming single-mindedly at that. And some, you, you need somebody that you can share that stuff with and that you can actually fight the good fight with and, and strive after these things with. So I encourage you to find that person. Hope you have a happy Easter season. Um, 
And yeah, if you feel generous today, leave us a review. Don't subscribe to us on YouTube. We're going to start doing more shorter form YouTube videos. I've got my homie Oscar Shingledecker who's going to be working with me on that. Uh, you know, trying to get these like seven to 10 minute clips from the episode and you can share those on social media and be a text message or whatever. If you can like and subscribe and uh, leave comments or anything on the, the YouTube channel, that would mean a lot. We're going to try to really start increasing that. And I'm going to try to uh, build out this studio a little bit better for you as well. So you can look at my pretty face while I'm talking to you. But if you just want to hear this, uh, this soothing voice, feel free to continue obviously with the podcast. Uh, the podcast is my favorite. So uh, great to have you guys listening, man. I'm, I'm truly humbled and, and honored and just grateful for your prayers and support uh, and that you continue to listen to the podcast. So God bless, continue to fight hard, and as always, be your best.